Welcome to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. So yesterday, we started, and thank you for... uh, Thank you for sharing, those that are sharing, and welcome to everybody that's logging on. Yesterday, we started this, uh, and I thought I was going to get through it all in one broadcast, couldn't do it, but I'm going to do more today, how to position yourself for a life of breakthroughs. How to position yourself for a life of breakthroughs. You know, there's people that honestly believe, you know, you might see a breakthrough or a miracle maybe once in your life, maybe you know, it's they're, that they're few and far between. But what I'm encouraging you, as I said yesterday, is to expect a life filled with breakthroughs and never-ending increase. Expect a life filled with breakthroughs and never-ending increase. And I'm giving you seven elements that if you'll make them habits, I'm telling you this, I promise you, this is these are biblical principles. If you'll make these seven habits or seven elements, habits in your life, you are positioning yourself for a life of breakthroughs. No question about it. And so yesterday, if you missed the broadcast, go back and watch it. Um, it will it will help you. But that was part one. Today is part two. And um, I gave you three yesterday. I'm going to step into number four and, and get as much out as we can today. Maybe we'll finish it. Maybe we won't. But um, these are very important. And we broke them down fully yesterday. But number one was to humble yourself. Number two was to live holy. Number three was to pray. We broke all those down and went into the word on each one of those things. But today I want to give you number four. If you're taking notes, uh, put these down in your notes and then put them in the comments for people that are watching later that are following through and and going through the comments, scripture verses and and the points we're making. But number four... You've got to make this a habit. And let me tell you, here's one that many Christians never engage in, never. But that is a life of praise. That's number four, a life of praise. So, so vital, but many people never engage in that. And I'll tell you what's interesting to me. I was, I had never heard it said this way before, but I was listening to Bishop David Oyedepo teach on the power of praise. And he made a statement that shook me up. I, had, I wrote it down. I remember I've preached it now. But he said this. He said, of course we should pray. And if you've watched their ministry, they are a praying ministry. They are a praying ministry. And, and so it's not, that they, it's not like they belittle prayer. In fact, the, their church experienced massive growth after Bishop Boyadepo came back from Seoul, Korea, where he was with Dr. Yungi Cho and learned their secret of prayer and fasting. And um, they saw explosive growth and they're a, a church of prayer. So it's not like they're belittling prayer. But he said this, Bishop said, prayer is powerful, but prayer can never equal the power of praise. And the reason he said that was this. He said, because God only answers our prayers but he lives in our praise. Man, when I heard that, that shook me up. He said, God only answers our prayers, but God lives in our praise. That'd be something to put in your notes, put in the comments. God answers our prayers, but God lives in our praise. Man, that opened my eyes. And and I'll tell you, he didn't just say that. He gave us biblical examples of that. Of course, we know that the Bible says in Psalm 22 and verse 3 that God inhabits the praises of Israel. God inhabits, lives in, dwells in the praises of Israel, right? And so we know God inhabits our praises. He lives in our praises. But then to break this down, uh, very, very powerful Uh, two different stories from the New Testament 
where we see the difference between just prayer and then prayer and praise. I remember Brother Hagin used to teach on this. He did a whole prayer and praise series, which was dynamic. But two stories from the book of Acts on the difference between just prayer and then prayer and praise. The first story is when the apostle Peter was arrested. And when he was arrested, brought into jail, the Bible says that the church gathered together in a house and they began to pray. They began to pray. And God answered their prayers, right? What did God do in answer to their prayers? He sent an angel. And that angel came down, entered into the jail, and the Bible says he walked into the jail cell and Peter was sleeping between two guards. I've used that story to talk about what peace that passes all understanding looks like. Because I mean, like in a night that you think maybe tomorrow I'm going to be executed. Because that's what they did to the Christian they arrested before Peter. They killed him. And when they saw how it pleased the Jews, they arrested Peter, a prominent Christian, probably to execute him as well. And so, man, the average person will probably be up all night praying, asking God, get me out of here, deliver me. And when the angel comes into the jail cell, the Bible says Peter is fast asleep between the two guards. He wasn't up worried. He wasn't panicking. He was peacefully sleeping. And the Bible says he was sleeping so soundly that the angel had to strike him and wake him up and then led him out. Peter thought he was still sleeping, thought it was a dream. And Peter's led out of the prison. What, what brought that angel? The prayers of the church, the prayers of the church. And so God answered their prayers and the doors opened of their own accord and the angel led Peter out of the prison and into the city. And he went to the house where the church was praying. But see that story, that's just prayer. And so as they prayed, God answered their prayer, sent an angel. But then we see another story that has prayer and praise. Praise added to the prayers. And that's in Acts chapter 16. And I want you to turn there with me today. Acts chapter 16. And I want you to see the power of praise. The power of praise. Um, I heard a preacher say this and it, and it really impacted me. He said, you know, there are a lot of things that we would never have to pray for if we would sufficiently praise God. Man, think about that. Get that in your spirit. There are a lot of things that we wouldn't even have to pray for if we would sufficiently praise God. And I'm going to explain that uh, phrase in just a moment. I'm going to explain why that's true. But, but let's first look at Acts 16. Now, Paul and Silas had been jailed and they were in the inner dungeon. And the Bible says in verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. So they weren't just praying. They were also praising God with singing. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, hallelujah, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, thank you, Jesus, all the doors were opened. That'll make you shout. And everyone's bonds were unfastened. Let's, let's stop there for a minute. You see that. In the first story, the church was praying and an angel was sent to set Peter free. But in this story... Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. And when they began to praise God, the Bible says no angel was necessary. No angel was necessary. Their praise, what did it do? It brought down the presence of God. Why? Because God inhabits the praises of Israel. And as they prayed and praised, the whole jail began to shake. Now here's the part that really you need to set your faith for. It wasn't just their chains that fell off. It wasn't just their door that came open. But look at what verse 26 says. The foundations of the prison were, were shaken and immediately 
all the doors were opened. Hallelujah. And everyone's bonds were unfastened. Not just theirs. Every prisoner had their chains fall off. Every prisoner had their door swing open. That's what I'm talking about. That prayer and praise, what does it do? It invites the presence of God because God inhabits. He lives in your praise. He lives in your praise. <clears throat> Glory to God. Well, what, what, what does that look like? Well, the Bible says in Psalm 1611 that in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. How do you gain access to the pleasures that are in his hand? You got to be in his presence. How do you get into his presence? The quickest way to activate God's presence is to begin to praise him. The quickest way to activate God's presence is to begin to praise him. And a lot of Christians have relegated their praise to just singing songs on Sunday morning at church. And that's not all praise is. Praise. We talk about the greatness of God. We talk about what he's done. You know, one of the, one of the scriptures I like to look at is Psalm 150, because it really gives us um, a revelation of what our praise should be like, right? Um, the Bible says, Psalm 150, I'll, I'll just read it. Praise the Lord. Now that's the first command. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Then look at this. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Hallelujah. So there's one thing. We don't just praise him with singing. We don't just praise him. We're not just worshiping with fasting. We're not just worshiping and praising with singing. No, but also by praising him for his mighty deeds. I've actually heard Christians say this. Blows my mind. I don't understand it. And, and they, I guess they're just trying to sound super humble and pious or whatever, as though they don't need anything from God. You know, they'll say stuff like this. Well, brother, I don't praise him for what he does. I praise him for who he is. Has, has anybody else ever heard a Christian say that before? Put a hand up in the comments if you have. Brother, I don't praise God for what he does. I just praise him for who he is. Well, there's a problem with that. There, there's a problem with that. And the problem with that phrase is that the Bible commands you to praise him for what he does. <laughs> I mean, you can say, you know, well, I don't praise him for what he does. Next time somebody says that to me, I don't praise him for what he does. I'm just going to stop him and say, why don't you? Why don't you? Because the Bible commands you to do it. So why would you not do it when the Bible commands you to do it? I just praise him for who he is. Well, the Bible says praise him for his mighty deeds. So here's what's awesome. I think so, Yanil. She said, is that a form of pride? It's people trying to sound, you know, super holy, super spiritual, super humble. But it's a false humility, and it really is pride. You know, as though they don't need what he does. They just need who he is. Like, that's what I don't get is people try to separate those two things, right? They'll say, you know, I'm not approaching God for his blessings. I'm approaching God for his presence. What does that mean? What does that mean? Because when you study God in his word, what you'll find is that anytime he shows up, anytime he begins to manifest his presence, the blessings flow. And the reason for that is because blessings follow his presence. They are in his presence. I'll give you a few scriptures to back that up. Uh, one we already read, Psalm 1611. In his presence is what? Fullness of joy. So there's one blessing right there. I preached this at a church one time. People got so mad. I was preaching. I said, if you're battling depression and anxiety, you can literally praise God out of your depression. You can praise your way into joy because if you'll truly praise him, then joy is found in his presence and you're in his presence because he inhabits your praises. Oh, they got mad. No, we need our medication. No, don't tell people they can praise their way out of depression. You don't understand. It's a chemical imbalance. 
You can say whatever you want, and it may manifest any way that, that it wants to manifest, but we know what the Bible says. There's a spiritual root. It's called a spirit of heaviness. A spirit of heaviness. I couldn't believe they got mad. They even took my live stream down that I preached because they didn't like what I preached. And I'm telling you, joy is in the presence of the Lord. So when you praise him, you get into his presence and joy is there. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible says, and in his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So there's not just joy, there's pleasures forevermore. You can go on further. The Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. Now the Lord is a spirit. Now the Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Freedom. So freedom's in his presence. That's a blessing. You can praise your way into his presence and praise your way out of the things that have locked you into invisible prisons. Hallelujah. Look, they, they, were, they praised their way out of an actual prison, let alone in invisible prisons like depression, anxiety, addictions, sickness. They praised their way out of an actual prison. How much more can you praise your way out of an invisible prison? As the presence of the Lord is setting you free because the Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, that's 2 Corinthians 3, 17. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 17. Now the Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, one translation says liberty, one translation said freedom. And that's exactly what Paul and Silas experienced. As they started praising, guess what happened? Freedom. Door open. Chains fall off. <laughs> but here's what I like. Start setting your faith that just like Paul and Silas, your praise is not just going to affect you. Just like it didn't just affect them. It affected every prisoner in the prison. It affected every prisoner. Every door came open. Every chain fell off. You know what I'm believing? My praise is going to affect my children. It's going to affect my wife. It's going to affect my loved ones. It's going to affect my coworkers. It's going to affect my friends. That's what you need to set your faith for. That your praise is going to have an effect on other people. That freedom that you walk in, that power that you walk in, it's going to have an effect on other people too. It's going to change the whole atmosphere in your house. It'll change the atmosphere wherever you go. Because see, praise, it's not just, again, I preached this last night. Praise is not just a spiritual discipline. It's a supernatural transaction, just like fasting and prayer. It's a supernatural transaction because God ordained it. God ordained it. Here and many places through the scripture, we're commanded to praise God. Commanded to praise God. So believe that as I engage in praise with my prayer, that freedom's going to follow it. Joy is going to follow it. Blessings are going to follow it. Breakthroughs are going to follow it. Hallelujah. Whoo, hallelujah. I wrote a whole book on this called Unhang Your Harp. The book Unhang Your Harp is based upon how praise unlocks all of the blessings that God has set aside for you. And I show you in the book how in scripture, praise unlocked every different type of blessing, healing, financial increase, all the different types. I, I, I go through the, through the book, show you from scripture how praise is a key to unlocking the blessings of God. Well, go with me over to Mark chapter 10. And um, I want to show you, even with something that looks impossible, you can see he breakthrough and healing. And um, in Mark chapter 10, there's a story of a man named Bartimaeus. <laughs> AJ said, such a good book, I stole it and preached the best message on praise. <laughs> Take it. Take it. Preach it. Um, you know how preachers do, AJ. The first time they, they quote something from another preacher, they say, it's like Brother Ted Shuttlesworth says. And then the second time they say, you know, it's like I heard a preacher say one time. And then the third time they say, it's like I always said. 
So take it, preach it. Um, Mark chapter 10, there's a man as Jesus is leaving Jericho named Bartimaeus. We know him as blind Bartimaeus. And uh, as he's leaving, he hears people saying, here comes Jesus of Nazareth. Here comes Jesus of Nazareth. Here comes Jesus of Nazareth. But when he heard it, this is what I like. When he heard it, he said, notice he didn't say what they were saying. Here comes Jesus of Nazareth. He didn't repeat that. But he said, Mark chapter 10 and verse 47, Mark 10, 47. And he said, cried out and said, loud voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. One of the things that blows my mind, although there were many people outside the city of Jericho, and although Jesus was passing through, and I'm sure many of them needed a touch, Jesus didn't stop for any of them, not any of them. He just kept on leaving with his disciples. But then, after they all were saying, here comes Jesus of Nazareth, just referring to him like he's some natural man, like he's some carpenter from Nazareth. He didn't stop. But one man cried out with a loud voice and said something different. What did he say? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now look at this in verse 48. Many rebuked him, telling him to shut up. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. Whoo! And Jesus stopped. I want to show you something awesome here that will really stir your faith. My belief is, and I've preached this, Mark chapter 10 is a picture of what Psalm 22.3 looks like. And Psalm 22.3 says, God inhabits the praises of Israel, dwells in. So notice, it brings you into the presence of the Lord, praise does. By him saying, son of David, whether you realize it or not, that was praise. You say, well, how, how was that praise? How was that praise? Because the blind man was acknowledging that the man who's passing through town right now is the Messiah. This is the anointed one. This is Jesus, the Christ of God. That was praise. You are who you say you are. You are the son of God. You're the son of David. You're the Messiah. Nobody else was saying that. Many doubted his legitimacy, but not Bartimaeus. He knew. He wasn't calling out for some kind of a, a, a carpenter to come help him. <laughs> a carpenter can't give you new eyes. But he was calling for the Messiah. And he said, Jesus, son of David. And when he said that, Jesus stopped. And what did Jesus say? Look at that in verse 48 or 49. And Jesus stopped and said, call him, call him. And they called the blind man saying, take heart, get up. He's calling you and throwing off his cloak. Hallelujah. He sprang up and came to Jesus. Notice that what Jesus said, call him, bring him here. You know why? Jesus could not encounter true praise and leave it hanging. God can't leave your praise hanging. In fact, he had to inhabit that praise. So he said, bring him to me. Notice that man's praise brought him right into Jesus' presence. Stood right in front of Jesus. Whoo, I'm talking about the power of praise. The power of praise. This will shake you up, man. The power of praise. That one praise brought him right into Jesus' presence. Bring him here. Bring him to stand in front of me. And notice this, the question that Jesus asked him. He said this, what do you want me to do for you? Hallelujah. What do you want me to do for you? Notice what Psalm 16, says. In his presence is fullness of joy. Look though, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Whew. 
This man was getting ready to gain access to the pleasures forevermore that are in Christ's hand. What do you want me to do? Notice now, Jesus was no dummy. Jesus could clearly see the man's blind. He's blind. Jesus knew what he needed. So why did he ask him? Because he needed to locate where is this man's faith? What what is he believing for? What is he believing for? Notice, you have not because you ask not. Make your request known unto God. Make your requests known unto God. Philippians 4, 6. You got to tell God what you're believing for. You got to tell God what you're asking for. You have to set your faith and verbalize it and ask God to do great things. And so Jesus wanted to check where his faith was. What would you have me to do for you? And he said it very plainly. He said, I want to recover my sight. And Jesus said, go your way for your faith. Your faith has made you well. So notice this. It takes faith to praise God. Your praise is a sign you have faith in God. So jumping back again to Psalm 150, where we were at before, jumping back to Psalm 150, where it says, praise him for his mighty deeds. I want you to get this. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Okay. So that means that we can praise him for the things that he already has done, right? Praise him for what he's already done. Those are the things he's accomplished, but what about your faith? Praise him for what he's going to do. Do you know, because faith praises God even before it sees the answer. In fact, put that in the comments. Put it in your notes. Faith praises God before it sees the answer. Faith praises God before it sees the answer. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going back to Psalm 150, but I want to read Mark 11 to you. Listen to this. Faith praises God. When do we believe we've received? We don't believe we receive when God does it. We, we believe we receive when we pray. Let me read it to you. Mark chapter 11. Um, verse 24. I'll just read verse 24. Mark eleven twenty-four. This is Brother Hagin's verse. Mark eleven twenty-three and 24. Therefore, I tell you, Jesus speaking, whatever you ask in prayer, believe, look at this, that you have received it and it will be yours. Believe that you have received it, not believe that you're going to receive it. There's a big difference there. You pray for something you say, well, I just thank God I'm going to, I'm going to receive that. No, that's not what the Bible says. It says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. Okay. Believe that you have past tense. So here's the question. How would you act if you have already received it? If you ask God for a miracle and then he blessed you with it, how would you react? Well, the only appropriate reaction is thanksgiving and praise. That's the only appropriate reaction when God does something for you. Thanksgiving and praise. He gets all the honor, all the glory, all the uh, um, worship. So how would you act? If you were praying for a miracle and God brought it to pass, what would you do? You would give him thanks and give him praise. So as we align that with Mark eleven twenty four, the Bible says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. You receive when you pray, not when the manifestation comes. You receive when you pray, not when the manifestation comes. So what are we going to do? So here, here's what I'm talking about when I say pray by uh, praise by faith. You say, well, what do you mean praise by faith? Well, after you've prayed, see, we're not canceling out prayer. Prayer is one of the elements we covered yesterday for a, to position yourself for a life of breakthroughs. But notice, after you've prayed, 
Here's what every Christian's supposed to do. We're supposed to believe that we already have received. We receive when we pray. So then, if we've received, as the Bible says, then we ought to begin to praise God and thank Him immediately. Immediately. So that means that you can praise Him for His mighty acts of greatness that He already has done. But then you can praise Him for His mighty acts of greatness that haven't even manifested yet. Things that you've prayed for. Things that you're believing for. You believe that you've already received them, so you start to praise and thank God like it's already done. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. You start to praise and thank God like it's already done. Powerful. Powerful. And so that means when you praise Him for His mighty acts of greatness, guess what? You're praising Him for the mighty acts of greatness He's going to bring to pass in manifestation. I'm already praising Him for what He's going to bring to pass in 2023. I'm already praising Him for what He's going to do at Miracle Word Church. I'm already praising Him for the property that we have that He's given us in Jesus' name. I'm already praising Him for the families that are going to come from every direction to Miracle Word Church. I'm already praising Him for the souls that are going to be saved and the, the disciples that are going to be made at Miracle Word Church. I'm already praising Him for the people that are being sent by God to attach themselves to this vision and join us as we go on this mission to see South Florida changed before Jesus comes. And of course, by extension, the, the United States, because we're, we're ministering all over the United States. I'm already thanking God. I'm already praising God for what he's doing. It's already done in Jesus' name. It's already done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's already done in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And so the power of praise, the power of praise. I remember, man, I've shared this story before. I woke up one Sunday morning. In fact, it was Easter Sunday morning. Man, I had never been so attacked all at once in my body with so many different symptoms hitting me at the same time. And I was the music director at my uncle's church in Virginia Beach, Dominion Christian Center, my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth. And man, Easter Sunday morning, I woke up and I was so attacked in my body. I was fine going to bed the night before, but when I woke up, I'd never had a headache of that intensity to the point where I couldn't even open my eyes. I couldn't hardly look at anything. I mean, forget migraine. My head was like split in half. I'd never felt pain like that in my head. I woke up. I was extremely nauseous at the same time at, and then congested at the same time. And then all of a sudden it was like a soreness through my entire body. Every joint in my body was hit with like extreme pain and soreness. Hit me. I mean, out of the blue, I woke up with it. When I'd try to open my eyes, I would just see like white flashing dots everywhere I looked. Hit me full, hit me full. I couldn't understand it. I've, I'd never ex experienced it before. And I knew it was Easter Sunday morning and I'm the praise and worship leader. I could not just call in and be like, hey, pastor, not going to be able to make it to church today. <laughs> in fact, I laughed thinking about that. I had already told my band and my choir, doesn't matter if the devil attacks you, you, you get to the house of God. This is where healing is. This is where the, the manifestation is. So I'd painted myself into a corner. And uh, so I knew I wasn't staying home. And I threw those covers off in bed and I swung my legs out of bed, barely able to move. I mean, like I got up feeling like Frankenstein. <laughs> I, I got, got up feeling uh, like Frankenstein. And uh, I, I started going towards the restroom to, to clean up, shower, get myself ready for church. And when I got in there, it was worse when I stood up. But I pressed through it. I got myself ready, put my suit on, my tie, got my shoes on, drove to church, still feeling it. I mean, it did not relent whatsoever. And I got into the church and the, I was maybe a few minutes late. The band was already on the platform and they were already practicing. 
and I mean the sound system was on full blast, and I walked into that sanctuary, and that, that music was hitting me. Oh, man, you talk about hurting your head. You're in the middle of a, a headache like that, and just like the loudest, you know, 105 decibels, like you're at a rock concert, hitting you in the face when you come in, still having to squint, seeing all that white, and I mean, all of that. Got up on the platform, still nauseous. I felt like I was going to throw up at any time. And we got up there, and I went right through the practice, but I told the team, I said, I don't care what you see me do today. You just keep on praising God. <laughs> I, I even put a trash can next to my keyboard, thinking, man, feeling the way that I feel, I may throw up in the middle of the service. You got to be ready for anything. And so I said, I don't care if you see me bend over during praise and worship, keep praising. I don't care if I run off the platform and out the side door to the, I, you just keep on praising until I'm back. And um, so we got to 10 o'clock in the morning, it's church, time for church to start. And we clicked off that first song. And I mean, I just started singing with everything I had and praising God. And I, and I looked out, I always joke, joke people and tell them, I knew that it was still on me because I was still squinting while I was singing. And when I looked out over the crowd, all I saw was white, white dots. And I said, I knew I wasn't healed yet because our church was 60% African-American. And so I looked out and, and, and literally it was still on me. But as I praised God, let me tell you, in the middle of my praise, one by one, you're talking about ushering yourself into the presence of God through praise, one by one, every symptom left my body, every single one. The first thing to go was the headache. Boom. I could see normally, open my eyes normally. The pain in my head was gone. The nausea left. The pain in my joints left. Every single thing that was attacking me in my body, nobody laid hands on me. Nobody laid hands on me. Nobody prayed for me. Nobody anointed me with oil. Nobody touched me with a prayer cloth. But my own personal praise unlocked the prison door that had the devil tried to throw me in and attack my body and it had to leave me it had to leave. let me just say this it wasn't like well by the time i got to the end of that service i felt better before that first praise song came to an end every symptom was gone everyone before the first praise song ended i literally praised that stuff out of my body well, why? How does that happen? It happens because God inhabits the praises of his people. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy and at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. It's because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. How was I going to stay in bondage to that stuff that attacked my body when I start praising God with everything I've got? If you've ever seen me praise like on a keyboard, I don't do it a little bit. I'll leave the platform drenched, <laughs> shirt soaked, Coat soaked, pants soaked. I mean, I, I go at it. I give God praise. I dance. I shout. And I'll tell you, before the first song came to an end, there's freedom in the presence of the Lord. Everything had to leave my body by the power of the Holy Ghost as I praised God. And I'm going to tell you, there's such a power in praise, it will shake you to your core. I included this story in the book, Unhang Your Harp, but we were at my father's camp meeting. One, one April. And two men came in, both needing a miracle. One of them had been in a car accident and messed up his spine. And now he was on crutches, crippled. Another man came in. He had just had a surgery that went bad and it caused his right eye to go blind and his right ear to go deaf because of the surgery. And nobody, we weren't in a ministering moment in the service. We were still in praise and worship everybody's shouting, everybody's praising, everybody's singing. And all of a sudden, while we're in the midst of praise, accessing God's presence, I'm watching from the keyboard and the man in the center aisle who came in on crutches, who had been in a car accident and crippled from his back injury, I saw the power of God hit him as he was praising God. He threw the crutches down and took off running around the church, instantly healed by God's power with nobody ministering to him except the Lord. And how did that take place? Because he was praising God and got in the midst of God's presence. And immediately his back was healed, threw the crutches down, took off running around the church. 
When he did that, the man that was behind him started jumping up and down, shouting, I can see, I can hear. I can see, I can hear. (laughs) And his eye came open and his ear came open right in the same moment. What was going on? We were praising God and in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, pleasures forevermore. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'm talking to you today about positioning yourself for a life of breakthroughs. A life of breakthroughs. As you praise God, breakthroughs come. Breakthroughs come. Um, I was preaching one time in North Carolina. I was preaching in the same town that the Andy Griffith show was based in, in North Carolina, right outside of Mount Airy. And um, I was having a healing service one night. And uh, before, before we prayed for anybody, before we ministered to anyone, even before I preached, I got up on the keyboard and started singing some songs about the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. You know, I started singing about the blood of Jesus. And um, then I, I finished singing. We, I preached. And then at the end of the service, I said, if you need a miracle and you're believing for healing, I want you to come to the altar. So everybody lined up at the altar. And I started going down the line one by one, praying for people. People were getting touched. But I came to one older gentleman. And he's standing there with his wife smiling at me real big. I said, what are you smiling about? He said, well, I came to the service tonight because I was believing for healing. I needed my deaf ear to open. And I was going to ask God to heal it when you prayed for me, laid hands on me. He said, the reason I'm smiling is because when you were singing tonight on the keyboard, and I was just singing with you, we were all singing the auditorium. He said, my ear just popped open while we were singing. He said, so I just came down front to give you the testimony. I don't need you to lay hands on me. I don't need you to pray. God opened my ear while we were singing. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's because God inhabits the praises of his people. Uh, That's why I said at the beginning, and I said I, I would explain what I meant by it, that there are a lot of things we wouldn't even have to pray for if we would just praise God. There's a lot of things we wouldn't even have to pray for if we would just praise God. Why? Because God inhabits those praises. And I always say this, when God shows up, he never travels alone. He always travels with an entourage. What does that mean? Healing comes with him. Deliverance comes with him. Joy comes with him. Blessing comes with him. Freedom comes with him. These things are all in the presence of God. God doesn't show up alone. He shows up with blessings. He shows up with breakthroughs. Hallelujah. And that's why I say, if we would just sufficiently praise God. I was reading about the man, Smith Wigglesworth. Many of you have heard of him. Mighty man of God from Bradford, England in the previous century. And he was a a powerful preacher. Didn't get saved till later in life. He was a plumber. His wife got saved. Then he got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, started preaching, raised, I think, 14 people from the dead. Mighty healing ministry. Well, Smith Wigglesworth, all the way until he was 80 years old, in his 80s, he would wake up every morning, get out of bed, and dance before the Lord with all of his might. And thank God for giving him another day to serve him, another day to live for him and do the work of the ministry. Till he was 80. Think about that. Just dance before the Lord. There's a power in praise. There's a power in praise. That's why I'm encouraging you today. And it looks like we took this whole broadcast just talking about this element of praise. That's, it's so vital. And, and let, me, let me say this here. Most Christians never harness it. I'm telling you the truth. Most Christians never harness it. I know there's whole denominations that, you know, they'll mock dancing in church and they mock, you know, that kind of, they think it's an emotional. Let me tell you, if you're praising God, it should affect your spirit, your soul, and your body. 
How can you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and it not affect your whole being, your three-part being? Love the Lord with your heart, your soul, and your mind. Your heart, many times in Scripture, speaks of your spirit. It's the heart of a man, the spirit of man. But the soul, the mind, that's your, that's your soul. That's the second realm. And it'll affect your body. It'll affect your body. Don't tell me. You know, it happens in the natural realm, right? If you love someone, it's not just going to be something that's in your heart. It's not just going to be something that's in your mind. It'll affect your body, right? You'll, if, for example, if you're married to someone, it'll affect your body. You will kiss that person. You will hold their hand. You'll be intimate with them. Why? Because the love affects even your body. Don't tell me that you're going to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and it's not going to affect your body. Don't tell me that you're not going to clap your hands. Don't tell me that you're not going to shout. Don't tell me that it won't cause you to jump and run and dance. Don't don't tell me it's not going to affect your body. It'll affect your whole three-part being. Affects your spirit. Affects your soul. Affects your body. And I'm going to tell you this, uh, when you praise God, you know, I watch people. I've watched people at the altar when they need breakthroughs. You see people really pressing in. You see people shouting, dancing, I need God to move on my behalf. Okay? It's one thing to praise him like that when you're desperate for a miracle. But God's also watching you when you're in the middle of blessing. God's also watching you when he's increased you. Are you going to get too dignified to praise him? Are you going to get to the place where he's blessed you so much that you just kind of quietly lift your hands and in a dignified manner give him all the glory? Or are you going to still be the one that's shouting? Are you still going to be the one that's jumping, dancing? Going to still be the one that's running? Are you still going to be the one that's clapping and singing with all your voice? I mean, God's watching. God's watching to see how you'll react once he's blessed you. God's not looking for part-time lovers. God is looking for covenant relationships with people that will not stop praising him. That's exactly right, Leslie. I look at uh, King David, who, by the way, we're in the midst of studying David in Bible study made simple. And one of the things that shakes me up about David's life is that even after he became the king of Judah and the king of Israel, he still praised God with everything he had. And when his wife made fun of him, well, you're the king, you shouldn't be acting like that. David made a comment at one point. He said, I'm going to get more undignified than this before it's over. You you think that was undignified? Get ready. You ain't seen nothing yet. You've not even begun to see the level of praise that I'm going to release to God. You've not seen anything yet. And we're talking about a man after God's own heart here, David, The man after God's own heart. The man who fought his whole life but could never be killed. Think about that. In fact, I put this in the book as well, (laughs) but it makes me laugh. I'll say it to you. Um, If you read some of David's Psalms, it'll make you laugh because David, David starts to talk about his attackers to God. He starts to talk about his attackers and he says, Lord, Look, my, my, my adversaries, my foes, my attackers, they've surrounded me. They want to kill me. Right? He starts, he starts telling God. They want to kill me. They're attacking me. They want to drag my soul down to Sheol, to hell. <laughs> and then he says this. But Lord, if they slay me, who will praise you? <laughs> I love that. That's one of my favorite things uh, that, that I found in the Psalms from David is David, think about what he's doing. David knows that God loves his praise so much that he uses his praise as leverage with God and says, Lord, they want, they want to kill me. They're trying to destroy me. They want to drag my soul to Sheol. But if they kill me, who's going to praise you? And God's like, that's true. I like your praise. I'll go destroy your enemies. And so God, God loves your praise so much. I love that. God, and that's, by the way, that's in that book, Unhang Your Harp. They, they, God loves your praise so much. He'll keep you alive and blessed just to keep praising him. Like he did for David. He'll keep you alive and blessed just to keep praising him. He loves your praise. 
We were created to praise him. We were created to worship him. And that's the power of praise. If you want to position yourself for a life of breakthroughs, make sure praise is a daily habit for you. Not just prayer. Praise. Start to talk about God's goodness. Start to thank him for how great he is, for his miracle working power, for what he's doing around the earth. Thank him for keeping you from sickness and disease. Thank you. Uh, Thank him for keeping you from calamity. Thank him for keeping you from every attack of the devil and begin to talk about how great he is, how there's nobody like him. Thank him that there's nobody on his level. Thank him that he's high above all. Thank him that he has the name above every other name, that at that name, every knee has to bow in heaven and in earth and under the earth. And every knee, uh, every tongue has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because just begin to praise him for his greatness. That's what Psalm 150 says. Praise him for his mighty deeds and according to his excellent greatness. Praise him for his mighty deeds and according to his excellent greatness. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, that power of praise, it'll change your whole life. That's right. Praise brought down the walls of Jericho, Shandra. That's right. There's so many things I could go to in the Bible that praise accomplished. But remember, make it a habit for you and you'll position yourself for a life of unending breakthroughs. That's why I'm giving you these seven elements. They work. I've worked them. The Bible teaches them. And it works. God honors your faithfulness. Father, I pray for every person watching, those that are watching the replay, those listening on the podcast. I pray today, Lord, that you would ignite a fire in them to praise you with everything they have, to be undignified in their praise, to go beyond, to to squash pride and to step into humility and praise you like they were created to praise you in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, as we praise you, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that breakthroughs are quickly coming. We thank you that turnarounds are quickly coming. This is our year of transformation. It is going to be marvelous to behold. It is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. We continue to say it. We know it's true. It's quickly coming to pass. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. So I pray, Lord, strengthen every one of your people today. Lord, as we fast and as we pray, we thank you that there are breakthroughs coming quickly. Testimonies are coming into our hands supernaturally. This will be the greatest year we've ever had in the kingdom. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Continue to put the largest seeds in our hand that we've ever sown and bring the largest harvest back we've ever had. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.